I am blessed and honored to be here with y'all today. And I know that we have been in a series called On Fire. Nick has had this on his heart. He read this scripture in, in Revelation and had this word put on his heart. And he asked me to preach. And um, I, I want you to know, I know every week that Nick says, hey, I'm not preaching at you. I'm talking with you. I'm talking to myself as much as I'm talking with you. And um, what I'm going to be talking about today, this is something that I have been discovering in my own prayer time, in my own reading time, and in, in my alone time with God. So this is stuff that, you know, God has been just uncovering and developing with myself too. So again, as much as I'm talking with you, I'm talking to myself too. This is a, this is vulnerable for me, okay? So uh, this is a conversation. I'm just, I'm excited. Man, we've been on fire. We've been in this series. And this is a series where, you know, Jesus has been basically calling out the church, calling out the believers. He's giving us a warning. He's addressing a lukewarm church. Somebody say lukewarm church. And we can actually put this scripture up here. It's in Revelation chapter 3. It says, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. He is calling out the believers. He's saying, hey, I'd rather you be distant, disassociated, than to be lukewarm, half-hearted, complacent, or mediocre. But you see, what we have to understand here is that, all right, what we have to understand here is that this isn't Jesus rejecting us. This isn't him putting his final stamp on us. This is him giving us a call to action. This is him saying, church, wake up. This isn't what I have for you. This isn't it. I have called you for a purpose. I've called you for a great and mighty mission. This is what I want for you, and this isn't it. Lukewarm? That's not it. Paul puts it like this, too. He says in in Romans chapter 1, he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. Paul's saying, hey, we cannot be ashamed of the gospel. We have been set on this mission to get everybody, to make sure everyone hears, from the Jew to the Gentile, everyone. He wants everyone to know who Jesus is. That's the purpose. That's the mission that God God has called us for. Amen? So today, you know, uh, there's this uh, incredible, uh, famous theologian from the 1700s, actually, And he says that he puts it like this. He says, I set myself on fire and people come to watch me burn. Wow. That makes me emotional. Because, man, that's that is making that statement is taking the step saying, I will not be ashamed of what God has set for me to do. What God has created me and designed me and called for me. I set myself on fire. And people come to watch me burn. That's actually the bottom line today. So if you're taking notes, which I encourage you to take notes, this this message is called, I set myself on fire. Can someone say that? I set myself on fire. (laughs) Church, do people know what you're excited about? Do people know what's brought you freedom? Do people know where you get 
the everlasting peace that honestly can't be explained for any other reason other than God himself. Do people know who's restored your marriage, who's restored your family, who's brought your siblings, your, your children, your mother, your father to Christ? Do people know why you have the joy? We cannot be ashamed of the gospel. And I know that um, for the past few weeks, Nick has actually been using visuals just to help us see kind of what we're talking about, what, what the word is explaining here. So I'd like to do a visual. We can actually uh, turn the lights down. We're going to dim the lights a little bit. I know that you guys got candles as you walked in, or they should have been on your seat at least. I have a volunteer. Can we just give it up for Judd? <laughs> Judd, if you just stand up, we're going to turn out all the lights. And uh, I'm going to have Judd light his candle, because all we have to do is set fire. But one person has to set that fire. And as we start to set the fire, as that one person sets the fire, it can spread. That's what builds the church. One conversation is what builds the church. One conversation is what sets that fire. And as Judd sets the fire and has that one conversation, it starts spreading throughout. And that leads to Jared having the conversation spreading the fire. That leads to Holly having the conversation starting that, spreading that fire. Marcus having the conversation spreading the fire. I set myself on fire and people come to watch me burn. One conversation. That's what builds the church. We have to be willing and prepared to have the conversation. No matter what, there are going to be people that want to shut you up. There are going to be people that want to uh, that want to burn your take your fire out. We have to set the fire. We have to have the conversation. Just take a minute, soak this in. Would you just look around you? Look at all of the fires that are lit just because of Judd. Just because Judd had that conversation. How beautiful is that? One conversation is all it takes. So my question for you today, church, is are we ready to set the fire and are we ready to watch it burn? Amen? Are we ready? All right, amen, all right. Well, you can blow your candles out, please. You know, we don't want to start an actual fire in the church. <laughs> blow your candles out. We can turn the lights back on. I want to see all your pretty faces. <laughs> all right, so I, I want to jump into the Word because that's where we find truth. That's where we find instruction. That's where we find, that's how we fight our battles. I love that song. That's how we wage war. It's with the word of life. And I know every week Nick encourages us to bring our Bible. So I just encourage you, bring your Bible to church. If you don't have your Bible today, get out that app. I know you, everyone has that version app. I love it. But we're actually going to go to Acts chapter 2. And the reason I want to go here is because this is where the fire began to spread. Amen? So we're going to Acts chapter 2 here. Give me a minute. I need those cool tabs in my Bible. Everyone has those tabs. All right, so this is where the fire began to spread in the early church. And so what we're going to be looking at is the, the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit fell upon them. 
And the, the Pentecost, this was just a festival, a festival that was had every single year after Passover. And so the disciples were together in what was called the upper room. And so I want to look at this. We can pull this scripture up. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Somebody say one place. One place. I love that. They were intentionally together, just like we are right here, right now. They were doing life together. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Two things I want to point out here in this scripture. We can leave this up. The sound like the blowing of a violent wind. You see, the Holy Spirit is referenced as a lot of, you know, he's, he has personality. And he's, you know, called our helper. He's called our, uh, he's called our comforter. He gives us direction, instruction. On this day, when the Holy Spirit fell upon the disciples, this was powerful. This wasn't a gentle breeze. This was a mighty wind. And the Holy Spirit holds power and authority. And we have to honor him like that. Amen? Second thing I want to point out here is that they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire. And if we actually look back into the Old Testament, fire often represented the presence of God. And so what this is, is a manifestation of the presence of God. Wow. Wow. Tongues of fire. And I have to, uh, I'm going to say something bold. I know that oftentimes the church, the Western church in general, we can be weird and get weird about some of these impossible things, these supernatural things that happen, like speaking in tongues, prophecy, healing. Sometimes we can get a little bit weird about it, but you know what? We cannot be open to God doing impossible things for us in our lives if we are not open to him doing impossible things and supernatural things through us and using us to do those impossible things. Amen? So like I said, I got to be bold and say, hey, if we're not open to the impossible, then I just don't know if this is for you. And I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm not trying to condemn you. All I'm saying is that this is the word. This is the truth. Do we believe that? God is doing supernatural things, and he wants to use us to do those. Amen? And so we can actually continue in this scripture where it says, And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. You see, the Spirit of God is going, to, is going to equip us for works at specific times. We have to be ready. We have to have a heart that says, I am ready. I am willing. Hey, God, do your will, do your plan. What happens is we have our plan, right? We say, all right, God, you know, I don't know about that speaking in tongues, but I would like to heal. Or, you know, I, you know, I read your word. I can do this. I'll go pray for somebody, but that's it. Don't ask me to get on stage and preach. Don't ask me to go out into the community and uh, feed the homeless. This is my plan. No, 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 no. This is God's plan. The Holy Spirit wants to equip you with very specific things at specific times. We have to be willing and we have to be ready. We can pull the scripture back up where it says, Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one of them heard their own language being spoken. I love that. It, it keeps going. It says, utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? You guys, God wants to reach all 
and he's going to use you to do that. He's going to use your voice and your language to do that. And when I say your language, all I'm saying is you don't have to have these fancy, profound words. He's going to use you wherever you're at. When God used Moses to free his people, he didn't care that he had a stutter. He used Moses, and Moses said, okay, I'm scared. I have a stutter, but if you want me, I'll go. He's going to use your voice, your language, to reach his people. And he wants to reach all people. Again, we have to be willing. It picks up here. <laughs> and this part kind of made me laugh, I'm not going to lie. It picks up and says, some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. They said, these people are drunk. <laughs> what is going on? Church, those are going to be haters in your life. Some of those haters are going to come into the church. We cannot stop, amen? Someone say, we can't stop. We have to keep going. There's going to be people that want to shut you up, that want to put your fire out. We cannot stop spreading the good news. We're here for a mission for a purpose. We cannot stop. I actually love what Peter does after they said this. He stands up and he says, Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you and listen carefully to what I, I have to say. He said, whoa, 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 whoa. You listen to me. I love that. He stood up. He was bold. He said, these people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. He said, y'all, it's too early for that. I love that. And he said, no, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. He actually... He used the word. I think oftentimes we try to explain ourselves, try to prove ourselves. Peter used the word. All we need is the word, y'all. Come on. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. He keeps going. He says, even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. It keeps going. It says the sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's all he's saying is he's saying, listen. Listen, God told us this was coming. Jesus had to go back to heaven because he knew that we, could, that we were going to get the helper this way, the Holy Spirit, that we could do great and amazing things for the mission, to bring glory to his kingdom. He died and rose again for all who would call upon him. We as the church cannot make it more complicated than Sometimes we try to. Again, like I said, sometimes we try to uh, prove ourselves. We try to justify what we're doing or, or you know, why, we, why we're doing the things we're doing. All we need is the word. All we need is the good news. And let God do the explaining. Let God do the, the moving. 
And that actually happens here. If we pull, if we pull that Acts chapter 2 back up, it says, there, and he continues on, he says, Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. That's what the word does. They were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brother, Brothers, what shall we do? The truth of the gospel cuts to the heart. You don't have to come up with some fancy saying, some fancy explanation for why you're doing what you're doing. The, the word of God is what cuts to the heart. You've just got to let God do it. If we are walking by the Holy Spirit, if we are living and, and talking how what he's asking us to do and listening to him and giving him authority, he will do that work. All we got to do is share the news. Amen? Say, all I need to do is share the news. Come on. I love that. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. That's what sets people free. Amen? I love uh, Peter's reply to this. They said, well, you know, these people are like, what do we do? Like, hey, that really hit home. What do I do? He gives them an action step here. He says, Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. You see, when the gospel is received, that's where action can follow for the rest of that person's journey. Just by Judd having that one conversation action took place and Jared lit his fire and had another conversation Holly lit her fire and had another conversation and as you can see the fire starts to spread that's where action takes place again it's not up to us to say okay here's you know here's how we have to live we got to live perfect now da -da 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 -da. no you let the Holy Spirit do that God brings that transformation. So I love that. I love that. We can keep going in this scripture. <laughs> and he ends it this way. He says, with many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them. Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. <laughs> it still preaches. That's good. Those who accepted his message were baptized. And about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Amen. The church is meant to grow, y'all. We are meant to build this church, and I love what Nick was talking about, how we have to take action. We cannot just come in here on a Sunday, drop our kids off, sit in the same seat every week, listen to worship, you know, listen to a great message, and then go home and do nothing. The church was meant to grow. That's not between these, these four walls. The church, the community is meant to grow. We are called to spread the good news. We are called to preach the gospel. I don't care if you will never set foot on the stage, you are called to preach the gospel. We are all fire starters, amen? Someone say, I am a fire starter. Do y'all believe that? Because to be honest, it doesn't sound like you believe you're a fire starter. Say, I am a fire starter. Ooh, that gets me pumped. I, I actually laughed at Nick. I said, did you just ask me to, to preach this topic because how loud I am in church? <laughs> we are all fire starters. 
And you might be sitting here like, okay, I'm, I'm ready. I want to I wanna, uh, start the fire. I want to have people watch my fire spread like, or come see me burn. But how do I do that? And I have a few ways that I just feel like God um, has, again, that I've just been discovering through my reading time of, of what that means and what that looks like. And uh, I want to take a look at the scripture in Matthew 28. Can we pull that up? It says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Again, we are all fire starters. And the first thing that I want to talk about is the fact that fire starters share what they have experienced. Who here has just been blessed by God before? Come on, and I better see every single hand in the room. If you're sitting here right now, I believe that God's doing something in your life. Whether it feels like it, whether it doesn't, I know God's moving. Fire starters share what they have experienced. In, in Acts chapter 1, it actually says this. It says, but you will receive the power and the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses, witnesses, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest part of the earth. God, you've done something incredible in my life. I cannot stop. i got to go tell everyone what you've done for me. I've got I've to share my testimony, the evidence, the confirmation of what you're doing in my life. I have to tell the world about that. In Psalm 34, it says this, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Bless is the one who takes refuge in him. God doesn't want us to just know him. He wants us to experience him. He wants to have an intimate relationship with you. He wants us to experience him. And lastly, I love the way it says it like this. It says, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Church, we have to, we have to preach and share the gospel. We also have to share what God has done for us. If he's restored your marriage, you should be shouting that down the whole world, the whole 22 Hey, God has restored my marriage. I was on the brink of divorce. God brought us back, and we are better than before. We have to share that evidence. That blesses people. That, that gets people to say, what? Like, what is it that you have? I need that. We have to be willing to do that, church. I know that, that sometimes we might be a little bit embarrassed of our past. We might say, well, I cannot tell anyone that my husband cheated on me. I can't, I can't do that because, that, you know, they're going to judge us and that I stayed with them. And no. God has brought freedom into that. God has restored that. God has healed that. That's something I'm proud of. And there is no one that can take that away from me. There is no one that should take that away from me. The best is yet to come, amen? I love that. I love that. We have to, we have to share our experience. I love that. And we can, I have a, another scripture in First Peter I, I want to share too, I think. Is it? Or I think it just keeps going. But, oh, okay, no, that keeps going. The next one I want to say is uh, fire starters commit their entirety to the mission. I think oftentimes... Uh, we, can, we can sit here and say, God, set my soul on fire. I give you my mind. I give you my soul. I give you my heart. But fire starters commit their entirety to the mission. 
we say, all right, God, you know, I won't do this now because, you know, I'm a, a believer. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not committing murder. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to commit adultery. I'm going to live this perfect life. The firestarters just commit their entirety to the mission. Pull, put the scripture up here. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. That includes your mouth, church. That includes your mouth. I love that. It says, holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. It keeps going. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Amen. I think that's so beautiful. I think sometimes we worry so much about what we're not supposed to do that we forget what we are supposed to do. Amen? Not only are we supposed to give our minds, our hearts, our souls to God, you know, to be sanctified in Him, to be cleansed in Him, but we're to give our bodies to Him, our mouths as a sacrifice. Are the words that are coming out of our mouths, are they pleasing to God? Are they sharing His news? Are they sharing his news with the unbelievers, the uninformed? We have to, to give our bodies as a sacrifice, as a, as a worship with them. Are we sharing the word of life? Again, someone comes, you know, people may come to you and you're going to talk with people. Some people may not want to hear it. But are the words justifying how you feel, your opinion? Or are they sharing the word of life? Are they telling people, hey, this is all you need? You've been searching for joy. You've been searching for peace. But this is all you need. We have to do that. We have to give our entirety to the mission. Someone say, I give my entirety to this mission. That's good. That's good. The last thing I want to talk about, I think is personally, for me at least, I believe is the most important and also the hardest. Isn't that how that always happens? <laughs> the most important and the hardest. And that is fire starters don't stop walking. They don't stop walking. No matter who doesn't want to listen, no matter who tries to shut you up, to take you down, to put your fire out, fire starters don't stop walking put the scripture up. It says, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is the Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call on him. For whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? It keeps going. It says, how will they believe in him whom they have not heard? How will they hear without a preacher? How will they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. How beautiful are the feet of the people who carry the gospel. We cannot stop walking. And I know that there, again, like I said, there are going to be people who don't want to listen. And sometimes that may come a little bit easier. Sometimes it uh, may say, hey, you know what, I can't stop, I can't stop. And it may, it may be easy, like, okay, I got to keep walking, I got to keep walking. And sometimes it's going to be a, a little bit harder. Because maybe it's a sibling, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's a mother or father. 
someone who's really close to you who doesn't want to hear it. Like I said before, all you've got to share is this. Don't stop walking and let God open their heart. Don't, don't give up. Never give up. That saying is, is very personal to me. Because um, when, my, when my brother was sick, um, he passed away about almost 12 years ago. Um, that was just his mantra. Never give up. And I know some people in my life have said, you know, well, he, he passed away. Like, he didn't win. Yes, he did. Amen. He was healed. He never quit walking. We cannot stop walking. Whatever life circumstance happens, we cannot stop walking. Whoever wants to shut you up, whoever doesn't want to listen, we cannot stop preaching the gospel. How can they know if they have not heard? How can we send if we don't share? We cannot stop walking. We cannot give up. And I can, I can attest to this personally. I've had people in my life who would not listen before. Who would not, didn't want to have anything to do with Jesus. And I don't know, maybe they had been hurt, maybe things had happened, but um, I, just, I just kept doing my thing. Like, hey, this is where I'm going. Come to church with me. Listen, let's read this word. And there have been times where it's been a year later and that, you know, I remember one specific person came back to me and said, we did not understand why you were doing what you were doing. But now I get it. Now I get it. We may not always see the end result, but we cannot stop walking. Amen? We cannot stop walking. I set myself on fire. And people come to watch me burn. Peter actually prays this, this prayer in Acts chapter 4, I, I believe. We can put this up. He says, now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. He says, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. We cannot stop walking. We have to commit our entirety to this mission, this very purpose to spread the gospel. We have to share our experience with anyone who will listen. Because we are called to reach the ends of the earth. Is that something you guys want today? I love that. I believe the Holy Spirit has just been um, very present in this room, whether it's on Sundays, date night, circles. I think the Holy Spirit just really wants to, uh, he just wants to kind of burst out of here. And he wants to use all of you to do that. But we have to be willing to do that. We have to have a heart that says, God, I want you to do whatever you want to do. I want you to come in and, and, and fill me up. I want you to, to um, use me however you want to use me. We have to have that heart. Amen. I want to take a minute and I want to pray for a group of people. We're, we're going to take a minute and we're going to worship here some more. But I want to pray for a group of people. 
If this is your first time that maybe you're hearing about this Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and you might be saying, hey, like, I'm like, I want that. I need that. How do I have that? If that's your first time, I just want to give you that opportunity to cry out to Jesus, to uh, just say, God, I need you in my life. I believe that you died on the cross and rose again to save me and set me free. And so if we could just uh, bow our heads, if we could turn down the lights a little bit too, bow our heads, close our eyes. I just want to give some privacy. If that's you for the first time, you're making a decision, would you just raise your hand for me? God just wants to move in your life. God just wants to show you who he is. He wants to have an intimate relationship with you. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, if you made that decision, just say this in your heart. I'm just going to pray. Father God, we lift you up in this place. God, I need you. I need what you have for me. I want to light my fire. I want people to come and watch me burn for you and for your kingdom, for your purpose and for your will. I believe that you sent your son to die on the cross for me, who rose again to set me free. And I believe that today I am leaving better and newer than heaven.